welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to hustler Andrew Patterson makes his CJOB Sports Show debut. Talk about the Jets, talk about the rest of the playoffs, talk about sports betting. That's all coming up on the podcast. Around this time of the show, I've been making a habit of having a guest on to chat about the Winnipeg Jets, and we do that now with Andrew Patterson, who you may know better as Hustler, making his debut appearance on the show, a staple of Winnipeg Sports Talk. He hosts a daily show called, well, Winnipeg Sports Talk, as well as a podcast called The Lock Shop, talking about sports betting. Hustler, great to have you on. Have you recovered yet from that triple overtime session that went into the wee hours Tuesday morning? Oh, my God, barely. Um, like many people, um, by the time that was over, um, and going back to back with OT, dating back to the Stassi thing, I think everyone's nerves were pretty fried and people were exhausted. But to be honest, for the first time in a long time, I mean, those of us from Winnipeg remember these series against Edmonton, and they didn't end up like this one. So despite people were a little bit sleep-deprived, I think everyone woke up the next morning pretty fired up that the Jets are moving on. And um, have certainly exercised some demons from way back when, but most importantly, have put themselves into uh, the final of the North Division and the final eight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, so let's just look ahead briefly. The Leafs are probably going to beat the Habs, unless the Montreal figures out how to suddenly score goals. They've got four and four games. Wow. Do you think it's better for the Jets that that series wraps up quickly so they can just get at it? Or do you think it's better if they have a somehow Montreal rallies it goes seven and uh, they end up banging each other up a bit more? Well, you know, it's a good question, Christian. In theory, I mean, I would say, you know, let's like, you know, get it to seven and have them beat the crap out of each other and, you know, have a team that has been uh, tenderized a little bit for a team that had been, been off. But to be honest with you, I mean, watching these games, uh, between Montreal and Toronto, I mean, I don't know how much wear and tear is being taking place on the Leafs, to be honest. I mean, that was a pretty workmanlike victory last night. So, um, no matter what, the Jets are going to have a little bit of extra rest, which I think will be a positive for them. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to be very good to to beat their opponent, which, yes, as you mentioned, is most likely the Maple Leafs. Um, you know, I think part of it, you know, maybe a win tonight, and I'm not sure if we know yet whether they could get going as early as the weekend. I'm sure the national broadcaster would love to have that game on Saturday night. And if that was the case, that might be good for the Winnipeg Jets. But to be honest with you, I'm not really too sure how much it matters as much as how the Jets, you know, prepare and come into the series. Because if they uh, are uh, anywhere near as prepared and ready to go as they were for the Edmonton Oilers. I think we should should have a great series on our hands for round two. Now, the Leafs don't have their captain, John Tavares. We don't know how long he'll be out. Uh, it's You never know with concussions. It looked pretty serious, so I wouldn't expect him to be back in the immediate future. But what kind of matchup differences do you see for the Leafs compared to the Oilers? The Leafs uh, were very successful here in Winnipeg this season, but the Jets fared pretty well in Toronto this year. Yeah, I mean, man, that is, um, you know, it does stink that, that Tavares won't be there. I mean, you know, injuries do happen, but that one, man, that was so scary. And it certainly does put the Leafs at a disadvantage. And I don't think there's really any possibility we'd see him in the next round, partly because of the concussion. But the other part is that, you know, he was, his knee got injured when he fell backwards after that. And they said that was at least something that was like two weeks. So to be able to rehab, to get back to playing, I don't really think that's a possibility. 
So listen, that is something that would benefit the Jets when we go up to the matchups. I mean, it's similar in some ways to the Oilers in that, you know, you've got two of the best players in the world on that top line. But I think we'd all agree the Leafs are a much, much deeper team than the Winnipeg Jets. And well, the Jets, I think, had some real significant advantages when they had the Ehlers line out. And even Kopp and Lowry, if they weren't going up against the McDavid line, um, everyone's going to need to step up and be as good as they can be to tackle a Leafs team that brings a lot more top to the bottom of the lineup than the Edmonton Oilers, who are just so top-heavy with um, 29-97 and 97 running the show and playing like half the game. And we get to see the renewal of the Ehlers-Thornton beef that we saw <laughs> last month that came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, no kidding. That's maybe the strangest um, rivalry that's developed throughout the season. Ehlers and Joe Thornton. And, uh, you know, of course, Ehlers, you know, missed some games after that. I believe that was the last regular season game that he played. And what a return he had to the lineup going forward. So, uh, listen, uh, you know, but your point is well made. I mean, you know, we kind of joke about Ehlers and Thornton. um, But I think there was some significant bad blood between these two teams, I mean, there was a you know a few Winnipeg Jets that got injured in those games against the Leafs, but honestly, so much of that stuff really needs to be left behind in the regular season because both of these teams go into this series with one goal and one goal only, and that's to win four games before the other guys do and get it out of the North Division and be the North and Canada's representative in the Final Four of the Stanley Cup Tournament. This question was asked of a couple players today. I'll get your take on it as well. This is the second time that this iteration of the Jets has been to the second round of the playoffs, 2018. It was the seven-gamer against Nashville. This year, it's a it's a likely duel with Toronto, where they're again going to be the road team. Uh, but that team in 2018 was second in the NHL standings, was two points away from being the President's Trophy winner. How different is this year's team, and how does it feel differently compared to that year? Well, that's a good question. You know, I mean, it does feel different. I mean, I think that they are... Um, I mean, certainly the blue line isn't the blue line. I mean, it starts off with there. I mean, you don't see a Dustin Bufflin. Jacob Truba's not on the team. Even Tyler Myers, who you know, at that time was essentially playing third pairing, um, you know, and making a pretty good buck, was, 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 was a luxury the Jets had. We knew that, that wouldn't last for a long time. So, I mean, the team is not as strong as it is was def- as defensively. I mean, just as far as the, the roster on the blue line, although I think we can – probably divert to another part of the conversation as to how many of the jet defensemen step up and played their best hockey of the year. Um, And as far as the forwards go, I think I would say that this team might be a little bit deeper top to bottom, but to be honest, um, you know, that was a calling card of that club as well. who was really able to go uh, four lines deep to me. Really. I think the thing that separates the team this year from that year is the strength down the middle. And that's even without having Pierre-Luc Dubois playing the center position. Um, The other thing is, you know, you've got a fourth line. Like at times, if you remember in 2018, Adam Lowry actually played on the fourth line. Now he was still playing up in the lineup at times, still playing on some special teams units. But I mean, that spoke to that line. Now with Nate Thompson and the job that he, Trevor Lewis and Matthew Pro have done on the fourth line, um, you know, it's easier to focus on those top three. But I will say this, as good as the Lowry line was then, um, the Lowry line now with Andrew Kopp and Mason Appleton, I think might be the one spot in the lineup where the Jets actually are are significantly better than they were then. And then the other thing is about the experience of the players. I mean, Nick Ehlers is 
a far better player now than he was. I mean, he's a real star now. He was kind of just getting his groove and obviously didn't score in that period as well. And I think Mark Shifley, for, I don't know whether I would have said this a month ago, Christian, but certainly after seeing the way they handled the Edmonton Oilers and what that line did in particular, I think they've shown that they've learned a lot from the past, from the good and the bad. And um, they were ready for the challenge against the Edmonton Oilers. And um, if we can see a Shifley line that plays in a similar way against the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think we're setting up for what should be one hell of a series. What do you think of the fit of Pierre-Luc Dubois right now on this team playing on the wing? There were some times where I thought that second line, uh, when Ehlers came back, seemed a little bit out of sync. There were some moments when Dubois looked good, some moments when it didn't quite look right. What do you think of his spot right now in the order? Well, you know what? I, listen, I mean, I do think that his long-term future with the Winnipeg Jets is at center. I mean, that's why they got him. Um, but they have a luxury right now in the fact that, you know, Paul Stastny is such a versatile player, responsible, experienced, does all those things, and complements players so well that, you know, they can still use him in the top six if things haven't been kind of clicking with him in the center position. But to me, Ehlers is the driver of that entire line. I mean, I don't know if you agree, but um, you know, it took a little bit of time in that first period to get going and have them go. But it seemed like as Ehlers got more comfortable and was more part of the game, Pierre-Luc Dubois' game stepped up. And he, of course, finished with a couple of assists um, in that game. And we all remember how impactful Ehlers was with the early goal. And then, of course, the the legendary winner of the comeback game. So, I mean, I listen, I firmly expect Paul Maurice to start this series the way he finished up. Um, you know, the one thing that might change that, um, but honestly, with, uh, with with Tavares out of the lineup, I don't think the need would be as much as if you really wanted to go with a hard matchup of Dubois, almost more for his defensive acumen against one of the top centers on the Leafs. But with Tavares out, I think the need for that is somewhat lessened. And I really think that we'll see Paul Maurice, at least when he has the last change, probably utilize a combination of the Shifley line and the Lowry line up against Matthews and Marner. And at that point, what that hopefully will do, I think, from a Jets perspective, is open up the Stastny-Dubois-Ehlers line for some more advantageous matchups against bottom six lines. And that might be something that the Winnipeg Jets can take advantage of. Uh, So looking around the other divisions, is it fair to say that right now Colorado is still very much the hands-down favorite in the NHL? Well, I mean, listen, from what they did in the first round, I think it's pretty hard not to not to go that way. I mean, I'm high on Vegas. I think that series, assuming they do get through Minnesota, which is not done yet and still will be difficult to finish off, assuming we get that series between Vegas and the Abs, that's the one I think most people have been waiting for all year long. That and the winner of the Battle of Florida against Carolina. But, you know, credit to Minnesota and credit to Nashville. They are not making it easy outs. And I think you have to look at a pretty good St. Louis Blues team uh, getting bounced the way they did by the Avalanche and say that the Avalanche are the clear, I wouldn't say clear favorites, but they are the favorites right now. I think we'd agree on that. Although, you know, they've still got a lot of work to do. Um, And I'll tell you what, even going in, I mean, if you look at a lot of the sports books around Christian, um, the abs were pretty much about 450 at most places, plus 450 or four and a half to one. And then you were looking at the next teams about six and a half to one. So I think the odds makers agree with you that the abs right now are the Stanley Cup favorite. But 
nothing's going to be easy for any of these teams if you're lucky enough to get out of the first round because especially in that division and Carolina and Florida, I mean, those are going to be – and heck, the East too. I mean, you got Boston already sitting there. We'll see what happens in Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Those teams are so close all season long, though. I mean, pretty hard to forecast a winner before they drop the puck. I'll, I'll get you out of here on a, on a gambling question. Bill C-18 – or C-218 is right now before the Senate – it's about single-game sports wagering. This seems like it should be all, all allowed to happen, right? It seems like a no-brainer. Well, of course. I mean, of course. I mean, we're able to bet right now. Um, it's just sort of a gray area, and there's millions, billions of dollars probably being wagered in Canada here on offshore books because it's not it's not available here. And now that We've seen what's happening in the United States with the Supreme Court legalizing it and state by state it being opened up. Um, not only is it already happening, and it's sort of time to get with it, um, but I think there's incredible benefits for, well, I mean, like I, obviously for the National Hockey League, but when I think something like the Canadian Football League and what they're up against right now, I mean, being able to, you know, get in on that will be one of the most important things going forward. So, yeah, it's an absolute no-brainer, and I mean, this, the thing is, this has already happened once, Christian. I mean, it's been approved in the House, it's gone to the Senate, and uh, I don't think they could wake up enough senators for long enough to get them to actually vote on it. So hopefully that will happen. It seems like it makes too much sense, and there'll be too many benefits for it not to happen. And the bottom line is, people are already able to gamble and wager under the current laws. It's just set up to benefit the government and not the individual's forcing them into two and three game parlays as opposed to just betting on a single game. So um, it seems like common sense is winning out, but until we hear that go through the Senate, I'm not holding my breath. Sometimes it seems like things take way longer than they should. Patience, maybe not the, uh, the best virtue of the public right now, but it's happened everywhere else. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I certainly hope it will be taken care of soon. And I think there'll be a ton of benefits going forward, both for individual betters but also for sports organizations, particularly ones like the Canadian Football League. All right. Well, we'll leave it off on that. Hustler, appreciate your time. Thanks for hopping on the CJOB Sports Show tonight. Hey, great chatting, Christian. Talk soon. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again.